Today is Monday, September 26, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A pro-life Christian in Pennsylvania is raided by the FBI. The details are incredibly concerning. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating, share it with a friend. We would love to have you with us each and every day as we get through the news of the cray. Joining me, as always, to help get through it on this Monday, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire. What's going on this morning, guys? How you doing? I'm living the dream. Yes, it's sir. Monday, fun day. We're here to air bring in our the news. lungs. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, another good week. Ready? <laughs> that wasn't convincing, Trey. <laughs> no. I'm not convinced. Who has a gun to your head? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Trey, Trey had a long so, weekend. One of those uh, mornings those... are not my thing, but I'm happy <laughs> no. to do it with y'all. Well, good thing That's you're not right. on a podcast at 7 a.m. every morning. So <laughs> I know, I know, but I do it for the, I do it for the fans. Yes, for, the, for right. all of the loving fans. Great. Um, <laughs> and well, look, a lot of news coming up, including the big story I mentioned. But there's another one of these disturbing drag shows involving kids. Can we just keep the kids out of these shows? I don't understand what's going on, but um, we will have the latest on that. Also, on the main thing, Jay Richards with the Heritage Foundation talks to Madison Seals about Virginia's new education guidelines promoting parental rights. We have all that more coming up, but first, the news in 90 seconds. U.S. equity features traded lower today following another brutal week last week for stocks. It plunged 700 points. I know, Billy, that you're uh, thrilled about (laughs) about this on Stock Market Watch, but um, it did rebound just slightly. The average, though, is sitting at the lowest level since November of 2020. And Hurricane Ian has formed into a powerful storm, prompting a hurricane watch for Florida's Gulf Coast. And the FBI, they did use a major show of force to arrest pro-life Catholic Christian Mark Hawk, who's 48. There were reportedly dozens of agents descending on his home at 7 a.m., guns drawn as Hawk's wife and his children looked on in horror. We spoke with a family representative. You can read the full story up at CBN News and FaithWire.com. And the details they allege are stunning. 25 to 30 agents, guns drawn, uh, used to arrest him. He's facing up to 11 years in prison for supposedly violating the FACE Act. So the allegation is that he shoved a Planned Parenthood escort named Bruce Love, who's 72 years old. This happened back in October of 2021. But Hawk alleges that he was on the sidewalk, well within his rights, not blocking anyone. When Love approached them and began vulgarly yelling at his son, prompting the shove. Police were called at the time, but they dismissed and didn't pursue the case because of lack of evidence. Love filed a criminal complaint but never showed up. The case was dismissed, but then for some reason, the DOJ and FBI picked up the case and are now pursuing it. So you can read the full details on this disturbing story over at CBNNews.com. Guys, uh, just just a quick reaction to this. You know, I, we covered this story over the weekend, spoke with the family. Th- this is really disturbing as to why the DOJ and the FBI picked it up, unless the family is not um, you know, fully telling us some details and leaving out some things that happened. It seems like this incident was minor and over and done with, even after being pursued um, initially by a police call. And then when the escort filed a complaint, a criminal complaint, he didn't show up to any of the cases. Um, And then it's the DOJ and the FBI decided to pick this up and make this incredible show of force. 
Yeah, I mean, you're left with sort of two options, especially when there's no government response, right, to right. the initial story. Right, which we did, um, and I did. Re I reached out personally to the FBI with a lot of questions. They have not responded as of yet. I mean, you're left with either this is a gross government overreach, overreaction to something based on what has happened with abortion in this country because everybody, you know, we're in the yeah. middle of this battle and maybe there's that or there's something or there's something else allegedly that's not being said, right? They're accusing him of something else they haven't said. Um, we haven't heard that, though. So you're really left with either one of those two options. And, you know, neither option is is great, but it but it seems right now, based on what we know, that this is not making sense, especially in light of the fact, I mean, how many incidents have there been at pro-life clinics and we have seen no arrests come, as far as we right. know, out of the torchings and the smashed windows and the graffiti telling people they won't be safe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's disturbing. 60 plus attacks on those clinics, as you mentioned, with no FBI arrests, but then this um, allegedly massive show of force which again, I reached out to the you know local DOJ here to find out if indeed there were 25 agents or however many agents were there, because it sure does leave a signal that maybe the Biden administration is using this as a, as a um, an example to make for, like you said, in a post row um, sort of world where they want to show and try to make an example out of any Christian who's out there protesting at these abortion clinics. Yeah, I mean, whether this was like a gross overreaction or there's something that happened that hasn't been revealed yet, yeah. I, I, I don't know. After reading our story and then several others online, it, the whole thing leaves many, many more questions than answers because on its right. face, it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make any sense unless this is just a, a huge show of force, uh, you know, and like you said, Dan, in Postal America, the government wants to show this is our position on this. Uh, which obviously is is wrong. So right. if that's the case, there's that issue. And then if there's something more there, what's the more there, you know? Yes, right. And I mean, basically what's happening is there are two very different stories being told, um, one by the family and one by the DOJ. And um, which one is going to end up panning out to be closer to the actual truth? There's apparently video of the altercation that took place in October 2021, but it has not been released yet. Um, and will the FBI release any footage of their uh, arrest of Mark Hawk? Um, and will we find out um, what actually happened here and what are the real motives for um, this arrest? And look, he's facing 11 years in prison. And regardless of, um, you know, whatever happened there at the abortion clinic, it certainly does not seem like it rises to a crime that is worthy of facing 11 years in prison, whatever happened there. So. Um, you know, and look, as a Christian, I'm sure Mark, who has is has a heart for the unborn, I'm sure um, that that not that he wants to do this, but if if he's going to have the rap on him that he went to prison trying to, you know, defend the lives of the unborn, regardless of if he, you know, acted out of line, you know, trying to defend his son as he claims, then he could probably live with that. But we're going to find out, and uh, you can stay tuned. We'll update you on the details over on CBN News, faithwire.com. Well, there's another one of these disturbing drag show videos featuring kids making the rounds again and going viral. And um, what happened here, Trey? What is going on this time? Because, man, it just seems like this new involvement with kids is so disturbing in these videos. And you'd think, well, maybe it'd be like a one-off and you'd see it 
with some kooks kind of doing something here and there. But it just seems like every day we're seeing another one of these videos involving kids. Yeah, you know, I think we're seeing different areas that are kind of testing the waters to see how far can I push this envelope. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, we're seeing it crop up, you know, really all over the country in schools and at you know, bars and restaurants and, and whatever, even in, in some conservative communities. But so Wanderlinger Brewing Company, it's in Tennessee. They hosted what they called, quote, the Chattanooga Pride Youth Day, uh, which included a drag show and obviously was you know, marketed towards kids, towards towards families. Uh, so the event didn't seem to be initially pushed specifically by the brewery because it was not on the website or the, the restaurant's social media, uh, but it was promoted by the Chattanooga Pride uh, slash Tennessee Valley Pride, uh, which is an organization that says it's, quote, celebrating diversity in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and combining our LGBTQ resources to raise awareness, educate, and improve our community with dignity. So, it, you know, the, the promotion didn't initiate with uh, the brewing company, but obviously it was held there, uh, so they didn't have an issue, uh, the, the brewery with it being there. Uh, so that's that's kind of what we know about how this all kind of came together. Hmm. Yeah, so what... Um... Uh, what was particularly disturbing at this one? Because we've seen a lot of these sorts of videos and they're all disturbing when the kids are involved particularly. But what, what was the detail on this one that stood out? So Robbie Starbuck, he's a former congressional candidate. Uh, he's also an activist who was at the show. He recorded footage from the event. Uh, he shared a video on Twitter, uh, really a couple videos on Twitter, but one in particular that kind of gained a whole lot of traction on social media just for being, like you said, so disturbing, uh, showed her what appeared to be a really young girl uh, patting on the crotch area of an adult performer that was dressed Goodness. like the Little Mermaid. All of these drag queens, drag performers, uh, were dressed like Disney princesses. Uh, and this particular one, dressed like the Little Mermaid, uh, was allowing a child to to touch him in an inappropriate Area. And in a Twitter thread, Starbuck wrote, quote, Tennesseans, send this to your representatives and ask them to stop this and to work with us on legislation to protect kids. Because like I said, you know, he had all these other videos and there was you know, plenty of other clips and pictures circulating. But this is the one that captured most social media users attention because one, why would the performer allow a child uh, to be touching him or her in such a, a provocative and obviously inappropriate way. And then also where the parents, one who brought them, who brought this little girl to the show, yeah. and then who wasn't restraining their child and allowing their child to touch this stranger uh, in uh, their crotch area. I this mean, just is, yeah. inappropriate in every way. This is the kind of thing once upon a time you'd actually go to prison for. Right. I, yeah. I, I mean, this is I mean, this I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, if you look at that sort of material on the Internet, you're going to get arrested for doing stuff like that. But apparently if you go to a, one of these shows and do it, it's it, you'll get cheered. Apparently that is very disturbing stuff. So, I mean, I can imagine what the response has been. But what have you seen so far online? Yeah, so there's been a ton of people sharing the clip, like I mentioned, that Starbuck posted. Uh, a lot of people quote tweeting it or responding on Twitter. Uh, obviously, kind of the, the libs of TikTok crowd who are, you know, obviously voicing their concern and saying, look, this is yet another example of the abuse that's taking place 
in daylight in front of everybody and nobody is doing anything about it. Uh, so Starbuck actually tweeted in his thread. Uh, he said, the fact that they want to spread their legs for kids should make uh, very clear to everyone that something is wrong with this, talking about the culture that yeah. we've created with this drag issue. And he actually said to your point, Dan, where's law enforcement? Uh, we won't allow this to continue in Tennessee or elsewhere because he said, as, as you mentioned, is law enforcement should be active in this. This is something that is, you know, by the books. Yeah. Should be pretty illegal be. to be taking place. But when it's under the guise of LGBT activism or it's at a drag show, we kind of lower the bar for what's legally yeah. allowable. Yeah. I mean, it seems like if anything, you know, should appall people universally, it would be this. But right. if this, if people are going to stand up to this, then you wonder what will they stand up for? So. All right, Trey, thanks for uh, bringing us that story. That leads us into our main thing today. And we've seen on a related note with with some of the just the sexual perversion that's making its way to our youth and children, like we're seeing at the story that Trey just mentioned here. We're also seeing it in schools with explicit content. And parents have been uh, fighting back. And there's also new education guidelines promoting parental rights in Virginia, which kind of became the ground zero um, against CRT and other um, highly sexualized content making its way into our public schools. Well, CBN's Madison Seals talked to the Heritage Foundation's Jay Richard about just that on today's Main Thing. Today, we're taking it back to the hub of the parental rights fight in Virginia, where Governor Glenn Youngkin recently fulfilled a campaign promise to strengthen parents' rights in education. The Virginia Department of Education released new guidelines for state school boards that, among other things, require teachers to obtain written permission from parents before treating a student as transgender. And as we'll discuss, this isn't simply a campaign promise being fulfilled for political gain. In the words of the U.S. Supreme Court, children are not mere creatures of the state. But in states like New Jersey and California, they're being treated as such when teachers are ordered to hide information from parents and push radical ideologies on students. Now, in Virginia, local school boards must adopt policies that respect and reinforce parental involvement. Here to discuss with me what these new model policies look like is Jay Richards, director of the DeVos Center for Life, Religion, and Family at the Heritage Foundation. Jay, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Good to be with you. Despite all the panic and pushback from the left, you say this policy is actually quite modest. Can you talk about what it includes? It is. It's really simple. I mean, anyone that's following the news knows that gender ideology has been making inroads into our schools for years, and it finally blew up here in 2022. Uh, but one especially egregious thing that's been happening in, in uh, schools around the country is that schools often socially transition kids. So in other words, they may uh, you have a son that you send to a local public school and the school uh, changes his name to a female name and uses female pronouns, and they will hide this from parents. That's what the model uh, uh, policy in Virginia takes care of. Basically, if schools are going to socially transition kids, they have to get parents' permission first. It's hard to imagine anybody that could be opposed to this, but the fact that gender ideologues have have come out in force against even allowing parents to know what's happening in schools with their kids, uh, I think tells should tell people how radical gender ideology really is. Right. Like you said, it's hard to imagine anybody having a problem with this, but I just want to read a portion of the policy that shows just how logical and reasonable this really is. It says, 
partly in quote, parents are in the best position to work with their children to determine A, what names, nicknames, and or pronouns, if any, shall be used for their child by teachers and school staff, B, whether their child engages in any counseling or social transition at school that encourages a gender that differs from their child's sex, or C, whether their child expresses a gender that differs with their child's sex while at school. So none of this so far seems drastic or out of bounds, but our country has strayed so far from respecting both parents and children and the family unit as a whole that this legislation has become necessary. So why should states reinforce the role of parents as their child's primary caregivers? Well, it's based on a fundamental principle, which is that uh, parents have intrinsic rights and responsibilities for their children. And we've always recognized this, that parents' rights isn't in the Constitution, but that's simply because the founders didn't, it wasn't contested at the time of the founding. But you can look, there's a series of legal precedents over the course of the 20th century that have reasserted this basic principle that parents have the primary right and responsibility for their children's upbringing and health care and religious teachings and all those things. And so what this this policy in Virginia does, it just sort of reiterates that in the most obvious possible case where schools are doing things. It's really a psychosocial intervention of a child. So imagine taking an elementary school child and deciding that John is going to be Jane and using female pronouns for John and making everyone sort of conform to this. That is a massive psychological intervention on the part of the child. Virginia's not even saying schools can't do that, strangely enough. All it's saying is that if a school does that, the parents have to give the sign off first. And so this is, I mean, it's about as modest a policy uh, as you could possibly have on this. That's why I say it's a, it's a good first step, but it's only a first step. Mm-hmm. And hopefully a model for lots of other states too. But I'd like to also mention Even though parents' rights aren't in the Constitution, human rights are, and really a lot of times this comes down to a matter of human rights. We know parents are the best caregivers of their kids, and when you take away parental oversight and that intimate relationship between a child and their parent, you're taking away the corresponding duty to love and protect children at all costs, and that's having all sorts of damaging effects on children. It is. And so here's the complicating thing is that, of course, we all are humans. And so human rights refer to those rights that we share universally and sort of equally. So my rights, human rights are exactly the same as yours or exactly the same as everyone else's. At the same time, there's also intrinsic differences between people, including that really the difference between male and female, the difference between adults and children and the difference between parents and children. And so that's where um, I, I really think we need to start filling out parents' rights specifically, because it describes these unique rights and responsibilities with respect to their children. And so I, as a parent, I have rights and responsibilities over my children that other adults don't have. They have over their own children, but not my own. And so it's an interesting kind of conceptual thing. And that's something I think, even though it's implicit in our laws and has even been articulated in some court cases, I really think more needs to happen to establish parents' rights as a special category in in state and federal legislation. And we're starting to see this happening, ironically, um, because parents' rights are being violated and being violated especially when it comes to this gender stuff. How similar is this to Florida's Parental Rights and Education Act that went viral in April after being incorrectly framed as the Don't Say Gay Bill? Yeah, it's it's actually more modest than that. So the great thing about the Parents' Rights and Education Bill is that it, it makes the idea of parents' rights explicit. It requires accountability 
um, and it, it requires transparencies, which basically um, it, I don't, it doesn't quite go so far as requiring parents to sign off. It requires that parents know what's happening. So that's transparency. Mm -hmm. And then it also gives parents a so-called private right of action, which just basically means they could sue the school board if schools socially transition kids behind their backs. And so um, in many ways, what's happened in Virginia is just kind of a smaller part of what happened in Florida. If other states are looking for model legislation on parents' rights in education, uh, you know, they really couldn't do much better than just following uh, Florida's lead on that. Yeah. And this same bill that we're referring to now from Florida garnered about 60% support from the public and a public opinion strategy survey showed that most registered voters in the U.S. support the act once they took the time to understand what it really does, which is not restricting people from saying the word gay in schools. So really, it just comes down to parental rights, plain and simple, and transparency. What has been the response to Yunkin's guidelines in Virginia so far? Well, it, so far as I can tell, it's overwhelmingly supportive if people know what it's about. But this is why there's this concerted gender ideologue slash media campaign to distort what is actually is. It's being called an anti-transgender bill or uh, mm -hmm. that it's going to lead to the, you know, the, the bullying of kids with a um, confused gender identity. This doesn't have anything to do with that. And in fact, it doesn't even prohibit social transition. And I think it's actually, it, it needs to, I think that's what actually needs to happen next. All it does, again, is say that parents have to know and agree before schools are able to, you know, introduce children to this radical intervention. And so that's why if you have 10 seconds to explain what it really is to people, I'm quite certain that 70 or 80 percent of the public will support it. Well, in contrast to this legislation in Virginia, California Governor Gavin Newsom proposed a piece of legislation that gives California courts the ability to strip parents in other states of their parental rights if their child travels to California to obtain life-altering surgeries. This also ignores the established authority of the other 49 states. So do you think more states will take Virginia's lead in promoting a parent's bill of rights of sorts to stand up to dangerous legislation like this? I do. I think in the next year, what we're going to see is states are going to move uh, with efforts, especially in schools. So with social transition and those sorts of things. And then also on the other side, on the, the medical interventions, because really what we're dealing with is, it, I call it a school to clinic or a school to sterilization pipeline or pathway that starts in the schools with social transition. And then that schools often refer kids uh, without their parents' permission to gender clinics who can put them on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And kids that start down that pathway almost always end up going all the way through with so-called gender-affirming surgeries, which of course sterilizes them. And so that's why legislators at the state level are going to need to deal with what's happening in schools, but also what's happening in these gender clinics. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, we're about out of time for today, but thank you for sharing this important policy model with us and directing a department at Heritage that values the family unit as a whole as well. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. All right, Madison, thank you so much for that conversation there. That leads us into our last thing today. And Billy, we're going to take a look at Proverbs 9.10. 
Yeah, it's such a simple scripture. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And when we look at these stories, like what we talked about today, there is no fear of the Lord for so many anymore. And that word fear, it's reverence, it's respect for God and his truth. And it tells us that's the beginning of wisdom. That's where we get our knowledge from. And when we disregard that, that's how you end up with these crazy scenarios where people are bringing their kids to shows like that. I mean, it's just crazy. Right. And as we've talked about on this podcast, it's getting, you're going to have to be prepared to explain basic truths. And I believe personally, it's my opinion that you cannot do that apart from God, that you have to start with God to really make sense of the world around us. And so when people are going off the rails like this and leaning into issues like the ones we've talked about today, you have to go to scripture. You have to explain um, why these things are incorrect because of how God made us, and you you can start to point to the truths uh, from there. Mm. And you know, I think it's easy to to be in whatever uh, whatever sin issue that we struggle with because they're all things that we struggle with, uh, and it's easy to kind of to to talk ourselves off the ledge and think that's not that big of a deal. But whenever I hear this passage about the fear of the Lord, I think, man, that's uh, talking about the weight of eternity. Yep. Uh, I should feel that whenever I'm engaging in sin or whenever I'm, you know, dealing with temptation or, you know, whatever it is, or something like this, the way the culture is going so off the rails, we should realize how serious this is uh, because we're all going to be held account for our mm-hmm. actions, for the role that we played or didn't play in standing up against evil. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And in our fallen nature, we let so many things get in the way of that perspective and that urgency to put eternity first and foremost. And so that's a great reminder to do just that. But that is all the time we have for the podcast today. As always, for more news from a Christian perspective, get on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more. And obviously, as always, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. God bless.